All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, March 21st of 2023 here. Looking ahead to a six-game NBA slate today. I know we also have uh, some hockey going on, a big 13-game slate in the hockey streets. So good luck to all of you uh, playing some hockey today. But it should be a fun day overall. I know there's some CSGO going on. I know uh, the Miami tournament for tennis. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the uh, what the right term is is for tennis. Uh, tossed off, maybe something like that. But anyways, uh, a lot of DFS to play. Going to have some fun. And uh, for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS related questions that come in live in the YouTube chat. We're in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not joined up in the Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it. A lot of good DFS conversation happening each and every day. We do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Get your questions asked and get your questions answered. But that being said, going to get the app pulled up here. Uh, had a couple of things, housekeeping items that I needed to uh, go back to the team and get some answers on. So wanted to make sure I got answers back to those people uh somebody asked that we will be supporting this week's match play for golf we will not be there is a banner up in the app if you hover over to golf you're going to see it down at the bottom uh it says we will not be supporting this week's wgc match play event sorry for the inconvenience with no projections here so apologies about that we will be right back at the uh next regularly scheduled golf event and then somebody also asked if we will be doing any MLB content, the answer is yes. We're hoping to push out some MLB content within the next uh, week or so here. So be prepared for that to come out prior to baseball season starting. I believe it starts on March 30th is opening day. So should have something out prior to that uh, with, with some more MLB content uh, possibly being released through the beginning of the season. But we will be... Uh, looking ahead to baseball season and baseball content. So I want to make sure I got those answers out. I believe uh, Zara asked that in the, about the match play in the discord. So I'll be able, I'll be, I'll make sure to tell Zara about that in the discord. But that being said, going to hop right in today. Uh, looks like we only have one question to get us going. So if anybody has questions, now is a great time to get them in here. And this one came in from Jay Sam's Jr. Question says, what is the best way to find players that correlate well together on the same team? Also, would reading the graph be something useful to help with one con one roster construction? So good question here. Um, I think that reading the graph and what we're talking about is like a, a player graph here. So if you click on any individual player, you're going to get a uh, histogram of their uh, range of outcomes across the Sims here, along with uh, correlation values here for individual. Uh, with with players in the same game here i think what this can really tell you is whether a sport is high correlation or not uh i i think that's like probably the biggest takeaway from the correlation metric here you know you're not going to get a ton from like reading it i think that what you could determine is like okay you know highest positive correlation is 0 0.02 highest negative correlation is negative 0 0.09 let me compare that to a sport like hockey and then go on, go over to hockey, click on, you know, Alex Ovechkin here. 
highest positive correlation is 0.29 and then lowest correlation is negative 0.44. So, so right off the bat, you could tell that hockey is going to be a lot more of a correlation sport. And then you could also tell that by looking at our sliders, right? So correlation is on six at a high value for hockey here. And then if we go back to NBA uh, and we go and look at the sliders, what, the sliders are going to say is correlation is low at a value of one here. So we understand the player correlations within games. We understand uh, how high or at what frequency we should be working that into the model. I think that, you know, that is the best way to find uh, what players are correlating well together. And I think that, you know, looking at the graph pl- along with the sliders can really tell you, uh, just just how how big those correlations are how impactful they are i think in a sport like nba uh you know think think about it on absolute terms thinking about think on think about it from zero right so uh in in it with jason tatum for instance sorry about that uh his highest correlation in one direction or the other is is negative with jalen brown here so what that's going to do is the correlation slider is going to have a bigger impact on keeping negatively correlated players out of the lineups with Jason, Jason Tatum. And I know that's something a lot of people like to do is like, Hey, only use one player above 40 points uh, from the same team. Right. Well, the correlation slider is going to do that for you. Um, The threshold to get past that is not going to be super high because correlation is low, but because the negative correlation is the higher absolute metric, uh, the bar is going to need to be higher for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to be in the same lineup together. So I think what that allows for is it allows for the times where they do both play well together, although that's not going to happen a ton. It will happen sometimes, right? And so I think that by allowing the correlation slider to account for the times uh, where these players are negatively correlated and how often they get into the lineups really allows for like the nuance of, you know, that might only happen, you know, 1% of the time. But by setting a hard and fast rule, you're never going to allow for that 1% of the time. Whereas letting the correlation slider determine that, uh, bucketing the Sims and figuring out, you know, if they belong in a lineup together will allow for some of that more nuanced situations. So kind of a a personal choice, whether you want to allow those options to occur. I, I tend to allow them to occur. I think that, you know, getting them in my lineups at the rate that they're optimal is completely fine for me, even if that is at a low percentage of the time, but really good question there. All right, I uh, had one more question here uh, that came in via support uh, talking about golf and asking about setting a group rule for golf. So basically the question is, I tried to set a rule to include a player with a make cut percent of 50% or higher. It wouldn't include anybody. Um, I think this is a little bit of a uh, bug with golf specifically here. So I wasn't able to test this out for the user prior to the start of the show, but but we could try it out right here. So I'm pretty sure what happens here with golf is that uh, the make cut percent, you have to input it as a decimal as opposed to a percentage. So what you would basically have to do is do a group rule. Uh, let's, do, let's do something really outstanding here, like five, and just to make this work. So I'm going to say use at least five. And I'm going to add a requirement and then I'm going to say make cut greater than actually, let's just make this six. 
greater than, and then instead of saying 50%, what you need to do is just put in 0.5 or will that work? Let's do something more aggressive. Let's do like 65%. So, so it'd be 0.65. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to save this as a manual rule. And then I'm going to go in and look. And what it should do here is it should grab everybody whose make cut percent is above 65% here. So I'm just going to scroll over and find make cut. And then I'm just going to look at this and then boom, it's grabbed everybody that is 65% or higher to make the cut. So saving as manual rules always allows you to go back and spot check what is happening here. I think if you were to do it the opposite way, if we were to say uh, 65 as opposed to 0.65, I'm almost positive it will not work correctly here. So boom, now there's no players in this because it is reading this as a decimal. So, so that's basically what's happening here. I uh, apologize for the bug, but just the workaround in the meantime is to set this number as a decimal. Just going to make a quick note for myself. To let this user know, but glad we were able to test it. And if the user is uh, tuning in, they could see how to do it, how to troubleshoot it, how to make sure the rule is working properly. But that is exactly how I would write that rule. All right, jumping over to the YouTube chat. One question here from Patrick. Patrick said, any rules or groups that you can help suggest to help us make the optimal lineup for the Dell match play? I know large portion of the field will fail to do this since it's a different format. So Patrick uh, covered it right at the beginning of the show. We will not be supporting match play. If you go over to uh, this week's tournament in, in the app, we're going to have a banner down at the bottom and you might not see it because I already opened it, but basically we won't have projections or support for the match play. Match play is just something that we are not supporting right now at the moment. The format of, uh, integration with the sims is just not ready so i do apologize for any inconvenience there uh so so no no tips from me on match play all right while we wait for more users to tune in and have more questions we are going to go uh dive into the nba injury report here and see what uh the day is looking like six game slate hopefully we have some news it was a pretty crazy slate yesterday looked like we were going to have late swap flexibility uh, but then all of the news basically came out before lock with Kyrie and Tim Hardaway. And uh, I think the only players left were like Jaron Jackson Jr. and Kevin Herter. So let's see what we got going on today. Uh, some big names out already. We'll get to out players in a minute. Some lesser uh, names here for Detroit. Not I, I wouldn't consider them super impactful. Uh, Jared Allen coming back would be impactful. It was an eye injury, so not sure if he would be on any type of minutes limit there. Uh, Devontae Graham questionable depends on other players that are potentially out there than Kevin Herter. So not a lot of questionables uh, to to look at here, but I be do believe there are a lot of players out. Kyle Kuzma's out here. DeJounte Murray, Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, two, two impactful players right there on the Hawks. Zach Collins is out. Keldon Johnson's out. Jeremy Sokan is out. Devin Vassell is out. So I do think that makes the Devin Graham news more important. He could start alongside Trey Jones in, in this rotation. And so that's, that's, those are like the biggest names. So I'd say, you know, 
the Spurs, uh, what are the Hawks going to do? There's been plenty of instances with Kyle Kuzma out like over the last month. So I'd say like the, the Hawks and the Spurs, probably two biggest places to, to spend some extra time researching and then seeing what happens with some of these names. I know Herder was ultimately ruled out yesterday. We will see if he plays. Maybe they sat him first game of a back-to-back uh, and, and plan to have him back today. But not a ton going on in the NBA streets here. So we are going to jump right back over to Sabersim here. So let me get uh, that all squared away. And then we have one question here from Duck21. So Duck said, I heard in one of the DFS NBA videos that one of your pros likes to exclude players that are projected under 18 fantasy points. How would I implement that rule? Yeah, good question. So that was a video we did with Max at the beginning of the NBA season. Uh, to do that, basically what you would do is you would just set a filter. So under the lineup rules on the right-hand side of the screen, there is a filter icon. You just click this. It'll go green. Uh, the option to add a filter will pop up underneath the lineup positions here. So you just go to add filter. And then you go show players with my projection greater than 18. And then you just hit save. And then that will basically exclude all players under 18 fantasy points. So you can go down here and check. I think anytime you're setting these type of filters, you know, I, I really don't like to set it and forget it. I like to uh, come down here and then see what you're giving up. Basically, you know, are you excluding any high owned plays? Is there any, high owned value or is there any like major value that you're giving up here and uh for Fanduel here you know the pricing is a little different i i don't see anything that you're like majorly excluding the highest owned guys like three percent you know ownership is usually very good in basketball very telling so you know you're not excluding any you know 30 percent on guys i think i think you're fine all the value is basically under four aside from Dominic Barlow here, but I don't think you're giving up a lot of like raw fantasy points or raw upside. So I think that's fine, but I would, I would just encourage you guys to do a spot check, make sure that you're okay, excluding the players that you're actually excluding and then give it a once over. But that is how you do that. Patrick said any issues running late swap during NBA ran late swap and it would stop at 80%, but would only rebuild 120 lineups out of a possible 150 especially when I have a bunch of salary left over. So I, I do know that this depends on like when you late swap. I'm not, I'm not sure at what window you late swapped, but the later in the slate, the less lineups are going to be able to build. Uh, also, I would say be uh, extra cautious with like minimax exposures uh, just due to the nature of late swap. What we are doing is we are taking your lineup and then we are building iterations of that one lineup. So we might build, uh, you might have 10 lineups, we might build rebuild each lineup 10 times to give you some optionality, but there's a lot of salary restrictions, positional restrictions, uh, including minimax exposures can slow down the builder and make that take longer. So uh, I would suggest not excluding stack types, not, not setting minimax players or minimax exposures, and then just building a big pool of lineups and then doing those adjustments in the post build. So, any restrictions that you set are going to slow down the builder significantly. Unfortunately, just the way that the late swap logic is set up, uh, it's it's a really complicated process. That's why it took us so long to get out these late swap pools. So the the less restrictions, the better. My my suggestion is always to build as big of a pool as you can, and then make any minimax changes or stack type adjustments, team stack adjustments in the post build as much as you can. But you definitely have to be a little more flexible with the late swap builder as opposed to the pre-slate lock 
uh, builder, just their standard GPP builder. So those are my suggestions on how to handle that. But all right, everybody uh, might be just a quick short stream today. I know Tuesdays are a little slow, get a lot of questions coming off the weekend and, and uh, Tuesdays tend to be a little bit quieter, but we will be right back here tomorrow for our next show, Wednesday, March 22nd. You guys know we do this show every day, 2 p.m. Eastern. If you guys have questions that pop in your head throughout the day as you're building lineups, as you're going through your DFS process, just drop them in the Office Hours channel. Let them sit there, and then we will be able to circle right back to them on the very next show that gets us a steady queue of questions to answer as we wait for more questions to come in. But until tomorrow, everybody, I will see you. Take care. Good luck in your contest, and bye.